We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Jumper. Got it. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep Podcast Network. We're not here to break down Bucks basketball today because that's been pretty meh as of late. But instead, I, Ty Windish of the Eurostep podcast, am joined by Jordan Tresky of the Win in Six podcast right after the Wisconsin Herd started off their season 1-0 with a 126-124 dramatic last-second win over the Cleveland Charge. I'm used to calling them the Canton Charge. No longer, but the Herd are 1-0. The vibes were good. The game was electric. Jordan, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. Um, glad to have the herd back in action. Yeah, uh, it's been quite a while <laughs> since we can say that. Six hundred <laughs> and some days was it? It's. I think it was six hundred ten. But then I saw their counts at six hundred eleven. I mean, there was a leap year in the middle of some <laughs> somewhere. There's an extra day. There's always a leap year. Um, yeah, it was it was really fun to have the herd back. I don't think I realized how much I missed them until I got to go check out the game. It was a blast, you know. Obviously, a lot of the 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 staff. There's been some changes with the with the staffing, but it's almost like familiar changes. A lot of the front office are still there, um, and the coaching staff, Chase and Allen, taking over for Chase Buford. He was Chase Buford's lead assistant and actually coached two games for the Herd in their last season. And, of course, the roster had some continuity as well with Ray John Tucker, Jamario Jones, and Leon Gilmore back after being on the last Herd team. And I think that's a cool thing just to, to have. You don't see it that often in the G League, and I know there were some rumblings about some of the guys wanting to quote-unquote run it back, but they some of them kind of did. I mean, that three players, especially two quite good players, three quite good players, is kind of running that's like the G League equivalent of running it back, I feel like. Yeah, it's there if it's just one person, it's that's <laughs> kind of rare yeah. in the G League. Yeah. <laughs> just the nature of it all and especially the how the last two years have been where there was a season last year, but obviously half the G League, including the herd, didn't participate in it. So whose reds go to where and it's kind of like this mess that you have to like sort out. 
Um, but a lot of, yeah, between Ray's John, Jamaria didn't play tonight, but still someone we'll see down the line when he gets healthy. Um, you mentioned Chase and Allen, like even their coaching staff too is like pretty much attacked from that team. Yeah. Um, beyond yeah, him. And cuts were the two, two other assistants from the last team as well. And there's more familiar faces deeper on the bench too. Like you can see they didn't take that, the winning culture that that team had lightly. And they're saying, you know what? These guys are still available. Why would we switch it up when we don't have to? Yeah, exactly. And that was kind of the key to that team being so successful is that like, yeah, we, you talk about Frank Mason winning MVP, Jay, Jalen Adams was running uh, runner up behind him too, but Jamaria Jones, Rajon Tucker, guys like Luke may, I'm like, I mean, you go on and on like Shannon Bogues. Like there was all these people that just kind of like came together and made, than what they were, they hung up the banner for that team today too. Yeah, they did. Um, How do you feel about that? You you gotta own it. Like I know there's like what was the UCF they yeah a couple years ago where they're like they didn't they were undefeated maybe but they didn't get selected to the bowl or the national championship. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, I say own it just because like it's I think mean, these are. Hopefully, once in a lifetime circumstances that <laughs> yeah. um, kind of forced their hand to be like, yeah, we finished it with the best record. We did play for a championship, but we, we couldn't do it. They, you know, like yeah. that came out of our hands. So, yeah, I say own it. It's cool. You know, it's – and the thing, too, it's it was – the two seasons before that, it wasn't like it was, um, you know uh, – strong seasons they were fine but it was you know you gotta you gotta own the last season that you're in action listen i mean it was like basically xavier munford getting called up was like the only thing they had to talk about from the first two they had christian wood christian wood yeah just being christian wood yeah um but not not a whole lot of success on court after the first half of the first season so i get it but honestly i saw that the giveaway for the game was ring paperweights like champion and i was like oh that's cool they're doing a bucks thing and then i realized it was 1920 herd and i was like oh i didn't i didn't i wonder how the g league (laughs) league office feels about that they're probably too busy to care but i like it i mean why not i think it's good to commemorate that team and honestly it's very bucksy what they're doing right like it's Mm -hmm. it's what the bucks want to do is low turnover continuity build on that invest in guys, try to keep them in the system. It's obviously much harder at the G League level, but to bring back Ray John Tucker, who played for three NBA teams between the last herd team and now, Jamario Jones, who everyone knows I'm very high on. It's it's very cool. But you know, I wanna I'm excited about a lot of the new players too, but I think we have to start with this game with Tucker, who maybe an uneven game by his standards, but hits a dramatic less than one second remaining Kind of like a leaning back jumper. It felt felt like it was in the air for half an hour. It it was like a, I don't know, movie moment might be too dramatic, but that shot took so long to fall. I felt like time (laughs) slowed down. But just an incredible shot for him. And, you know, he said after the game, not his best game. Three steals at least for him, but only 11 points. Or no, I'm sorry, I had more than that. I'm looking at the wrong box score. But what what was your take on, on Tuck's night and just the wild shot that he made yeah like you said uneven night but it kind of comes with the territory opening night you kind of have jitters um the game ball it's new it's it's controversial Great no, point. Great point. 
Um, no, the the gateway shot was you kind of had this vibe, like because I multiple gateway shots came to my uh, came to mind for me when they first played the game or first played their first ever game. Like, was it four years ago now? Right? Yeah, I think it was be... five. No, I think it's just um, four. Xavier Mumford, the aforementioned Xavier Mumford, hit like this game winning three. Yeah. And it was like this crazy comeback that like they were down by like 20 or something like that. But like I was like, oh, that's it's like reminiscent of those vibes. It also reminded me of Drew Holiday's like, was it against the Grizzlies? Where he hits that baseline, like kind of leaner. And it was like very similar. Like it it just everything just felt so frantic, but then he just hits that shot. It's like, okay, the game's over. <laughs> you win the game, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was the perfect moment for him to kind of redeem what was an unde- uneven night. And you know, only he can hit that shot because he just has like the body control, the athleticism, yeah. all that stuff that he just like just can do so effortlessly. Yeah, one of his earlier buckets in the game was a, a following putback dunk, and it kind of reminded you, like, holy crap, this guy is whatever he's <laughs> a six four, six five, maybe. But the the bounce and the strength is there, and it's just like yeah. I think Drew is a good comparison. Like you just see, like little guys can thrive, littler guys can thrive, mm. you know, in that in between area or closer if they're strong and if they have that body control. And, you know, I think Ray John missed some, a lot, a good amount of threes tonight, found some more success attacking the basket. I think it's always good to have players, especially, you know, guys who are like he is right now, I would say the the guy who's going to have the ball in those situations, the play was drawn up for him specifically. You always want that guy to be able to score from more than one level, right? Like you don't want to be too predictable. So knowing, you know, you can't let Ray John get to the rim or he's slamming that thing home. Yeah. Him having that in-between game is really nice. Um, I got to catch up with him after the game. So just going to play the the clip of that interview here, and then we'll get back to talking about the rest of this game. Hell of a game winner there tonight. I mean, I know it was a little bit of an up-and-down game for your standards offensively, but certainly made the last shot count. You know, what, what, How did you feel about your performance out there and especially about that last shot? Um, wasn't my best performance, but, you know, my teammates kept me going, told me that it was the first game, stay focused, stay locked in, stay aggressive. So I think uh, them, on top of the coaches, uh, putting their trust in me for that last second shot uh, definitely helped out a lot. Chason said after the game that he drew up that last play for you despite the shooting night. He trusted in you. What does it mean to kind of have that belief from the coaching staff in you as a guy who can hit those kind of shots in this team? Uh, it means a lot. Uh, you know, anytime that you have trust in anybody, um, just that mindset makes you go out there, play free. Um, and whenever you play free, you know, the best comes out. So, Absolutely. You know, you uh, got to spend some time with some NBA teams over the last couple of years. How do you feel like you've evolved as a player from the last time you were here with the Herd? Um, you know, just my patience, uh, uh, my pace, um, just not really looking for shots or letting the game come to me, um, getting my teammates more involved, uh, seeing matchups, uh, just the whole nine. You know, I've, I've been around a lot of great players, Paul George, Donovan Mitchell, um, Ben Simmons, Joel B, Tobias Harris, Danny Green. So uh, the list goes on. So it's, it's, uh, it's really good. Definitely. Um, you know, there's not usually not much con- continuity in the G League. There's a lot of turnover. You guys get Chase on back to be coach. You got mm-hmm. Jamario, Lee, and yourself on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, do you feel like you're kind of recapturing some of that spirit of the last herd team that, of course, you know, that team thrived on kind of the bond the guys had in the locker room yeah. as well as the talent? Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, it's the first game. We've been together, what, uh, a month? 
Um, so that's going to come. Uh, this is a tight-knit group. Uh, we love each other like brothers. Uh, down, Up and down, we don't care if Mike G is getting 20 points a game or, and I'm getting five. Like uh, At the end of the day, we just care about winning, and we know the ultimate goal is if we win, then everybody gets a job. So that's all we want. How did it feel to celebrate the buzzer beater with the teammates? Oh, man, it feels great. Uh, you know, first game back, back in Oshkosh, and I don't know how many days uh, since the last time I've been here, probably. Um, so uh, it feels good to get a, a win like that, especially after a game that I had. So, again, thank my coaches, uh, God. I can't complain more about how this night went. So Okay, we're back from the Ray John Tucker interview. Jordan, I'll let you pick. Where do you want to go next? What stood out to you? What players, whatever you want to pick, really, uh, what stood out to you about this game? I'll go, let's go Tremont Waters. Yeah, let's go. Do, um, just because he kind of always, I think for the moment they signed him, I always thought G was in mind. It would have been nice if he made the opening at roster, but that's, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, that's luxury yeah, tax saving spot you're talking about. <laughs> um, but I, he, I just, you know, he's kind of, we talk a lot of, there's a lot of those, those guys that are clearly successful in the G league. I mean, he was the rookie of the year two years ago as well. Um, who kind of, they're kind of stuck in between the NBA and the G league where it's like, you're almost too good for the G league, but you're not, the circumstances haven't not presented themselves. Enough. I think we can see. Yeah, he's very wants. he's very small, um, but I thought his ability to lead the offense and some of the passes he was spraying all over the floor was just like okay, and he's doing it with both hands too, which is yeah. I mean, for a guy his size and kind of um, just you know stature, that's that was pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I just thought whenever he was on the floor, it just kind of. Everything ran smoothly. Obviously, their offense was clicking despite a you know a tough shooting night, 11 for 37 from three. Um, but, yeah, just the kind of floor general that you'd expect to see, even when you don't have guys like Justin Robinson, who's obviously with the Bucks right now. Um, and, you know, we'll see how Sandman incorporates <laughs> into the into the herd. But, um, but, yeah, just kind of what I expected. And it's good to see it kind of come together pretty quickly here. Yeah, I mean, I think he had, I think he had a double double at halftime with assists, which oh, is not yeah. easy to do. He ends with seventeen points and twelve assists. Kind of took a little bit more of a backseat in the later stages to to Tucker and some others. Linda hit some big shots too. He did. He had, he had a three late, I think. That's when they're kind of fending off yeah, the, the charge, the Kyle Guy run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kyle Guy now looking like Jack Harlow and playing like Drewski was in the audience. What a game for Kyle Guy, who I think had I think he was six for seven on threes and scored twenty-two points in the fourth quarter alone. And I think oh, you nice. said that was more than half of Cleveland's forty-one fourth quarter points. Like the guy was electric. <laughs> Literally guy was electric. <laughs> um, but Tremont Waters, I thought a really, really good game overall. Six for ten from the field, three for six from deep. A little bit, I don't even know. It's like almost a little Travis Tricey to me, but probably a little bit better. Not quite Frank Mason, like a little, maybe, maybe like a mix between Shannon Bogues and Jalen Adams. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm trying too hard to comp. Just a good all around point guard game. He had one. 
It reminded me of like the magic gif when he like puts his head behind his shoulder. Like he's driving, I think from the right side and he yeah. shoots it behind his head yes. to like the left elbow for a three. And I was like, how the hell did he do that? Like, never mind just being able to function as a sub six foot guy among the tall trees, so to speak. Like the vision he has, that there's something there. Like you see why the Celtics picked him and liked him. I'm a little surprised they let him get away, even though another G League team didn't try to retain his rights somehow. But Tremont can play, and I think he is going to excel all year just because it's just easy to play with that kind of player, especially you know in the G League when you do see sometimes it's the game can d- devolve into just gunning for, for points and stats. It's nice to have a pass-first point on G League teams for that reason. I think Frank Mason, although he scored enough to be MVP, also did a lot of passing. I think Tremont is even farther in that direction. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, definitely. It's and as we saw tonight, I think like because there is so many scoring threats, and like I said, we, we Robinson's on the fold, Sam is on the fold. Like this is already kind of a dangerous enough offense, and they can manufacture scoring in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, but you always just kind of want to have that poised ball handler to kind of you know organize and just kind of keep things in motion rather than you know it devolving into kind of like his turn, my turn, his turn again, like that kind of thing that just kind of, it can work well in some situations, but I think in like the G league where everything's just so fast paced and just kind of like run and gun. Yeah. I think you kind of still need, you still need that kind of someone to kind of control the tempo, even as high as it is. 
Absolutely. I, I, I have some fun questions I want to throw at you, or maybe just one more than any other. But let's talk about, you know, you mentioned the different ways they have to score. I think one that stood out to both of us was the bigs and, and quote unquote bigs. There's no, I, w- I would say no true, true. Maybe Javin Delorier is a true center on this roster, but there's no Justin Patton kind of yeah. like, huge giant. Like, yeah. Like, like, you know, tall as well as just built kind of center on their roster. But Wenyan Gabriel, who I thought was more of a three, four, they played a lot of five tonight. Michael Gilmore, who I didn't really know anything about, but really impressed me defensively and offensively, and the aforementioned Delorier, who I ripped on throughout preseason and summer league, had a tremendous game, 20 points. The guy had never scored 15 points in four years at Duke or in seven, I think, G League games last year. Did not miss from two. The Herd were throwing lobs. They did some big-to-big stuff. I mean, this is... Uh, yeah. Like, they, they, they found in such easy offense there. And I just think, I mean, we see it with the Bucks now with their depleted state, even sometimes when they're healthy. You know, sometimes just trying to rely on motion offense and self-creation can just become a slog if, if the shots aren't falling, if the defense is there. And can't, uh, excuse me, Cleveland. I'm going to do this all year. Cleveland, not a huge team, but not especially tiny. But the Herd were finding easy buckets at the rim throughout this game. And I think it really, it kept them in it. I know the the charge had some moments where it looked like they were going to build the lead a little bit. The herd just kept going to the well. It almost looked like 2K sometimes, just like pick and roll over and over. What were your thoughts on seeing that out of the herd, which is not really the norm for this team? Um, well, to your point about that, I'm looking at a pretty glaring stat, uh, courtesy of the G League stats. Oh, we love it. Day. Uh, 76 paint points for the herd, 36 for, for 76 paint points. Holy yeah. crap. Um, and to your point, like when we talk about like, I mean, the, the bucks are, you know, it's Giannis. He's just this point it's, machine. Yeah. But even since Drew, like that's kind of been more of an emphasis. I would say since they got drew, they have more of a, you know, someone that can get in the teeth of the defense and kind of, you know, finish at will. But with the herd, it's been mostly like Christian Wood. Like it's kind of it's always been contained to one person rather than um, by committee. Yeah, it um, hasn't been as egalitarian as we saw in this game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing where it's like you know, Delorier. Pretty much, if you just feed in the ball in the dunker spot or any the you know point of right, whether it's a right in for the rim or just around it, he was finishing it. He was slithery. Very slithery. Um, Same for Gabriel. Like, I know he had a tough shooting night, but, like, he is just very long and, you know, again, 6'10", I think, 6'9". Yeah. he's. I think he's, like, 6'9", 6'10", up there. Yeah, Gilmore. Like, they just had, like, a guy, a guy's, if it was not, like, you know, pick and rolls or whatever, the kind of just, you know, activity to to keep going and, you know, finish second chance points, like you said, with Rajon's kind of, uh, put back dunk like that's kind of they just have these different guys that could fill so many different ways in terms of you know pick and rolls or uh, keeping things alive in the glass and all that stuff that is very intriguing from just like their roster construction standpoint and all that they weaponize so, yeah, I, their size weaponize their size it goes down to the, <laughs> goes down to the G League level it does well <laughs> I, I like to look at the parallels because like you said I mean they're they're never going to look exactly the same because obviously. 
you can't replicate Giannis. They came pretty no. damn close <laughs> with Christian Wood. I mean, for, for yeah. their levels, respectively. But you just can't. You really can't. But you, you do see some things translate. I thought one of the most interesting ones, stylistically, ton of hard hedges and, and trapping and, and not letting ball handles get comfortable. We've seen this the last couple Bucks games, too. Just I think it's honestly the coaching staff just realizing without Brooke, we just can't play defense the way we want to. The switching even isn't necessarily working as well. Let's use, like, they have all these fours and no real fives. Let's just try and use this length and, and weaponize it a little bit. The Herd did that. They had 12 steals in this game, which was double what Cleveland had. They were aggressive at doing that. It's, I mean, listen, it's not always going to work. Sometimes it's an easy layup. Sometimes it gives up an open three. But I thought mixing that in there really generated a lot of fast break opportunities. And it seemed like it frustrated the charge offense at times. So that was kind of, for me, that was probably the most like, oh, this reminds me of what the Bucks have been doing lately. And I love those little crossover things. Yeah. And that's without Jamario you know, in the oh, full two, who's oh, man. who can do so many different things. Like, I think we were talking about before we started, but like Michael Gilmore, like you said, noticing he was a uh, tryout guy that makes the uh, final ro- or opening night roster. Very cool. That's yeah. I know they, they, it's a part of the G League, but they don't really promote it as much. <laughs> um, but it's still, it's still pretty cool. And they, they always, they wait till the guy makes the league. That's what, yeah, whatever the Spurs guy was a couple of years, Jonathan Simmons, I think. Yes. Whenever, yeah. That's whenever, right. Yeah. If you make the league, then they're going to dig it up <laughs> until then they're like, ah, whatever. Um, but yeah, he, he looked very impressive going out on the perimeter and kind of defending, you know, whether it was a guard or a kind of ball handling wing. Like it, that's a, a very interesting thing that I think kind of can evolve from Chase Buford, who, yeah, you know, they're playing small as small as you can. Um, <laughs> with like Luke May playing the five and obviously Jamario kind of interchangeable mix it, you know, front yeah. court. But like there's so many different ways that I think that they can play. And I think that's very exciting in terms of just like diving into the, you know, how the season unfolds. It's almost like the best of both worlds. Cause like I could very easily see lineups where one or maybe even both of Gabriel and Gilmore, Michael Gilmore are on the court with Jamario. And they could be the three and the four or just the four and Jamario's the five or vice versa. Like there's a lot of versatility. So it's like the best of both worlds in that they have guys who can, you know, guard wings and be capable. I mean, Wang and Gabriel is like a good NBA perimeter defender. He had three steals and two blocks in this game. I think he looked a yeah. little, you're still adjusting. I think to playing some more center. He was like, I think he guarded LeBron in a playoff series a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, it was like game one. Yeah, like in the bubble. I know it's a bubble, but it was still like, oh, oh, yeah. what? Like, I yeah, he, he. I mean, it's LeBron. They didn't win, but I thought he's like, okay, he can play some defense at this level. <laughs> I think that's a huge asset to have. Oh and yeah, didn't look terrible being pushed into center duty. Although offensively, when he wasn't finishing the lobs, there was some. It's an adjustment period, but. He's taken to the five a lot quicker than Shemi Ojale, is all I'll say, and I'll yeah. just move on. I have one more player I want to talk about before. Um, I eventually want to throw to you a big question, but Lindell Wigington, which is an all-time name, had a good, a very good game. I'll say 22 points, paced the herd in scoring, six rebounds, three assists, three turnovers, one steal, shot eight for 15, just two for seven from deep also is basically the herd stopper. And 
That's one of the things I talked to Chason Allen about after the game. So let's take one more pause to hear what he had to say about Lindell Wigginton and a bunch of other stuff from the game. Coach, first, congrats on the win tonight. Obviously a close game there down to the exact final second. You know, uh, what was it like here? Not the first time you've been the head coach of the Wisconsin Herd, but what was it like coaching as the full-time head coach for the first time? Yeah, overall it was, a, it was great. Just great being back, back in Oshkosh and Fox Valley playing basketball. Uh, last year, of course, we did a year off, and then, you know, the energy is felt in here every game. So it was good to just be back. And, and as head coach, it was, it was even more, like, better and, and uh, just enjoyed it. Absolutely. You know, uh, speaking of energy, the building exploded after Ray John Tucker's shot to seal the deal. Wasn't his probably best offensive night all throughout, but he certainly came through when you needed him most. What was your take on Ray John's night? Yeah, Ray John, uh, he's come back with a lot of growth, and, and I'm, I'm very proud of where he's at right now. Not necessarily the numbers uh, he would probably like to see, but I think as a leader, he showed patience. Uh, and then down the stretch, of course, you know, I drew that play up for him. I, I trust him in those positions, and he made a play for us. Absolutely. I saw, uh, you know, a couple of turnovers in the game. There was some uh, you of coming back to the, to the bench and saying, cut that, cut that for yeah. film. You know, is that just making sure that you can learn from these mistakes here in the first game? Yeah, and you know, it's early in the season. We're coming out of the training camp here. There's a lot of stuff uh, that we have to work on and, you know, continue to get better habits. Uh, big thing for us was that first half, they, they shot it well. Uh, Kyle Guy got hot there, so. It's just those few things that we were clipping and we'll make sure we'll put them in the film session so we continue to grow. Speaking of Kyle Guy, he exploded there in the fourth quarter. It seemed like after the, the early part of the fourth, you put Lindell on him. Is that a guy you look at as the defensive stopper here so far? Yeah, I think he did a great job on Guy tonight. Uh, just getting into his body and, and making it tough for him. Kyle Guy's a, a heck of a player and he's gonna make some, some tough shots, but just making sure he's there and up under him and uh, continue to force pressure uh, in those positions and make the shot tough for him at the end of the day. And I think Lindell's a guy with his physicality uh, gives us the ability to put him on some of those guys. Absolutely. Wendy and Gabriel, a guy who I think played a lot of three and four in the NBA, played a lot of five tonight. Yeah. Is that just a product of the team not having as much size or do you see him kind of progressing to be more of a five in his career? It's a little bit of everything. We want to, you know, give him the best opportunity to kind of fill it out and maybe he'll play the three for us. He'll probably play down the line, three, four, five. But I think he did a great job at the five for us tonight and just, you know, creating a disadvantage. He's got quickness and can get the uh, create shots off the bounce for us at that five. It's a little bit of a mismatch. So wherever we can get our best five out there, we're going to make sure we get them out there. Uh, last one, I know Jamario is in street clothes. Any update on him and, you know, if he's going to be back soon? Yeah, Jamario, uh, fan favorite, right? He'll, uh, he should be back soon. Uh, he went through workouts today, so I expect to see him shortly. Is it a leg injury or any, any clarity on what it is? Uh, I think it's lower leg. Lower leg, uh, okay. So I, I think, like I said, he'll be back and he'll be ready to go in this next next week or so. Okay, that was Chason's thoughts. Jordan, what did you think about Lindell Wigginton's first game? I mean, to have a guy who the team can look at as a stopper also lead the team in scoring is kind of an exciting first game for a new guy to the herd. Oh, yeah. Um, very good game, obviously. Uh, <laughs> leading scorer. I thought just kind of played a very solid, if not flashy game. I know he um, – I think he actually – did he get the first points or something like that? He had a lot of uh, kind of um, shooting looks. Like, they kind of made him 
I, I don't want to say Kyle Corver, but it was like a lot of like off ball, like, you know, he's, if he's open, just throwing the ball and he kind of shoots. I know it was a tough shooting night for, for him too, for some from three, but showed a little bit more on the ball that, you know, oh, as the night went on, um, may not be like a Tremont Waters uh, playmaker or anything like that, but anybody that can kind of, you know, uh, create buckets and kind of, you know, especially when things got really tight towards the end, that that can, you know, do the hurt a lot of, uh, a lot down the stretch and, you know, however the season, you know, as the season goes on too. So, yeah, I thought he played a just very good game and kind of, and again, he's kind of a smaller um, two guard two. I think he's only like six two. Listed at so, six one actually. So, oh, six one. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. You're, that's the kind of cool thing is that like about the G League is that these guys. It's not like part in the terrible example, but it's not like misfit toys. But like you know, just where you kind of just people plug into this role of like, oh, this he's this long, lanky arm defender and all that stuff. It's like, no, this, it could be a Jamarian Jones type where he's six, five, but he plays like a center or Lindell Wigginton, who's probably the size of a, a point guard at best. And he's guarding twos and threes. Yeah. Like all that kind of stuff that kind of is really interesting from where I'm standing, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought he, he played a hell of a game and just kind of, he, it, he just, I don't know. It, it's hard to, to make like, two grand sweeping impressions based on one game. But if he can play like he did tonight, I think that's, they'll do the herd very well. Yeah. I think the swing thing for him is going to be the shooting. I think maybe getting him some looks and trying to coax that development along. I know last year he shot about 31% career, 33% shooter in the G league, but you know, played some good defense. I think he yep. kind of took it upon himself, and, and it, he was given the responsibility to guard uh, Kyle Guy after his hot start to that fourth quarter. And, you know, after the initial barrage, Guy wasn't able to make too many more shots. So, obviously, you don't want the barrage to happen in the first place. But I think did played some good defense in the second half of that fourth quarter and found ways to add offense as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you lead the team in scoring, typically that that's how the night went. Uh, is there any <laughs> other player that you would like to single out before I throw the big question at you? I'll do. I want to briefly talk about Jalen Lequeux because I'm yeah, just kind of fascinated by him. Yeah. Um, he just kind of, I know, like I was kind of, I wrote a piece on the herd and stuff like that. And just kind of, his story was really interesting to me in terms of, I forgot that he came through preps to pros, but he got undrafted, signs this, this contract with the Suns. Um, obviously, a lot of time in the G League, but it's he was basically a 19-year-old playing with adults, and it's really hard to make that adjustment when yeah. you're kind of this freakish athlete, and he it very much is. But the stuff that he did tonight, I was really impressed by. I think he's kind of reminds me of Rajon in some ways, where he just kind of – if he gets into the paint, touches the paint at all, he can finish in so many different ways. Obviously, the dunks are one thing, but if you can just kind of have a you know a, a big package in terms of like finishing layups and you know mo- like maneuvering your body and all that stuff, I was about to do the robot as I'm explaining <laughs> this. Um, this is why you yeah. watch the YouTube videos exactly and, and subscribe to the Substack. Jordan Tresky, the triple threat. <laughs> But yeah, I thought what he what he did in terms of creating off the off the bounce 
and hitting sort of tough shots from three two. He's not he's not known as a shooter, but if that can come along, that obviously will open up your game a lot. Um, I just think he's really interesting. He's twenty one years old. I mean, um, we know it, it doesn't necessarily you know pan out the way these kind of highly touted guys coming from high school and circus he's changed teams between the Suns and the Pacers and you kind of bounce around but you know given the kind of developmental uh pedigree that the herd have kind of really honed in on the last couple of years maybe he's so he turns into something that kind of people envision when he you know blazed this kind of trail a couple of years ago so I I'll be intrigued what he does in Oshkosh and he's just you know it's it's hard not to keep your eyes off him just because he is kind of this force of nature type guy when he has a role in. Yeah, you know, I was going to say the story reminds me of Trayvon Duvall, who the Herd had yes. a couple years ago, although he did have the one year at Duke, I believe. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was so, a one and done so guy. But LeCue, even, even less, you know, polished before being thrown into a very adult league, a very physical league. This game was physical, yeah. I thought, which I don't necessarily dislike. It didn't seem like it was you know, harmful physical, but the guys got to, they were let to play, I'd say a pretty good amount, which is good for the herd because they nearly got doubled up on free throw percentage. Uh, Cleveland shoots 82%, 81.8. The the herd seven for 15, not ideal. I'm sure that's going to be one that gets honed in on uh, in, in practice before the next game. But the big question, I keep teasing, I want to throw it to you. I know this is hard to imagine for us Bucks watchers, but a team with perfect health, a herd team with everyone available, including the two ways, who the hell is going to start? Because I feel like the starting unit they had tonight is a Ooh. pretty good starting five. That's, you know, Jamario's going to come back. You assume he finds his way into the starting lineup after the role he had on the last team. Then you add in Justin Robinson and Sandman. Like, it's going to be really hard to not, I mean, forget start. It's going to be hard to find minutes for everyone. Like the way Delorier played, this I mean, it's a good problem to have. And, you know. Yeah, it's it's a good problem to have. Everyone is available very rarely in the G League. So I think that's, you know, that's kind of how you have to build at this level. It's just like assume you're going to be without two to three guys. Guys get called up, which is good. The, the two ways are away, injuries, whatever. But it's kind of tough. I would say maybe it's going to be a backcourt of like Waters, Robinson, yeah, Rajon. Rajon at the three, I kind of like. Um, Sam at the four. And probably Gabriel at the five, but it kind of everything. I mean, that's pretty interchangeable, but I don't know. That's the thing is that like for how long – I'm not I'm not this old head, but for how long <laughs> I've been watching the herd and stuff like that, the two way guys have normally been there uh, yeah. more than anything. Yeah. And so it's really kind of weird to be like, oh yeah, they're not like it's it'd be the rare nights where like, yeah, they're up with the the Bucks and you know, they it's not like, you know, it'd be nice to see them play minutes, but now it's like, oh, they might actually have to play <laughs> minutes because they're you know so banged up and all that stuff yeah so yeah, it's, it's a very uh odd situation to be like oh yeah they're the two-way guys are not there and you kind of have to figure it out but to see them kind of hold their own without that you know um without either sam and or justin robinson who i think is going to be very it's he kind of will him and Trayvon waters will kind of you know hit the same type of role for them that you know 
easily blossom and succeed too. So, but for them to kind of hold their own and go with, I think a nine man rotation, obviously with Jamario hurt. Yeah. So and to, as hard fought as this one was like, if they can do that on the regular, that's that kind of was what they did a couple of years ago too. When, you know, say if Frank got called up or, uh, who Jalen Adams other? went Team USA for a while. Yeah, Jalen Adams. I'm trying to think who the other two way was that year. I'm forgetting uh, already. Cam Reynolds. Oh, so yeah, Cam, yeah, Cam, Cam was yeah. there most of the year, which was nice. Yeah, I heard. But yeah, it's it's a good point. I mean, like it was. I remember the Bucks. What the Bucks always bring their two way guys on West Coast road trips just in case they want them around in case of disaster, which. It yeah. always seemed a little silly to me. Now this season, I'm like, okay, disaster really can happen. Maybe it's not a good <laughs> idea. But I remember it would always just be like brutal from the – and it's not like anyone was saying this, but just watching. Because it's like without, you know, like a, a Frank and Cam type deal, that's a huge hit. And it's like they still have good yeah. players, but so much harder. They look great and pretty deep in this game without either two-way guy and Jamario. And it's just like, I mean, this was basically the bottom of the rotation. I mean, the guys listed with DMPs are Jamario and the two ways. Yeah. So I think Leon Gilmore didn't play. I don't I don't know where he is. I'm working. I don't think he actually made the team. Did he not? He's still listed on the roster. Maybe it's just oh, an is? outdated roster, at least on the paper one that I looked at. Uh, so maybe he okay. didn't. Maybe he didn't. But this was like, this is basically it, right? So yeah. know, the guys, guys come off the bench are like their end of bench guys. Their end of bench guys can play. Um, yes. That's like it's very impressive to see a Michael Gilmore or even a, a Sam Kunleaf who didn't have the greatest shooting night, but still I thought had some productive plays. And then Delorier with twenty as uh, as the guy who played the least minutes, which is kind of shocking. Um, but I think for me, I actually think they would potentially bring Waters off the bench as just like a like a George Hill, like a super George Hill role of like the stabilizer. I could see Justin Robinson. Ray John Tucker, and then I think just get super funky and go like Wenyan Gabriel, Jamario Jones, Sandman. Ooh, and you just get cool. like, oh, yeah, know, I left a Jamario, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I didn't I know did. if that was intentional right. or not. No, that was not intentional. I was like, oh crap, <laughs> just like I, the, crap it. I, I, I think it like if people who like Sandman because he's weird. Tune into every game where Sandman and Jamario play together because that is going to be like two point centers, neither of whom are are big enough to be traditional. But they have. I want to just see the big to big oh rolling and just like they're yeah, going to do DHOs, cool. dude. Like those. Oh yeah, that's going to be fun. There's a yeah. There's a lot of different things that they can do that you know. I'm very interested in in how they kind of put it all together, but there's just so many. I don't know. They, I, it seems different than how it was two years ago, but also it's hard to go back to two years ago and be like, oh, this is like they're 33 and 10. They, yeah. they, it's hard to kind of, you know. You don't want to critique like, it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's just, I think they, they could play in a very similar way, but just in different in how it, is presented if that makes sense i don't know yeah, i think they have more playable size when until yes, until when I think that's, came in when Patton came in it was different i think yeah that team was a freaking super team like that team yeah. was insanely loaded but pre actually you know what there was a, it was only a little bit of time between i mean when they had bender at one point as well they i was gonna also, say bender was maybe like the 
only true big that they had outside of Luke May, but until like, Patton, yeah, and they just yeah. they just made it work. But the time between the two, when they had Dragon, I think Patton made them even a little bit better than Dragon, just because of the physicality and the the more of a true center thing. But man, the, those teams were good. But yeah, when they didn't have those two guys, they were so much smaller. This team, like, yeah. even when this team is small, they feel pretty big. Like, yeah, they don't they then they don't have that same problem. I would say even like the guys like Rajon Tucker, like. He could kind of be a two three. Yeah. Jalen LeCue, like he's a big guard. Yeah. Um, and I think I think uh Wigginton sizes up for a six one guy. He's a, a very capable, I think, two three as well. Yeah. So yeah, that that's the kind of um I I always will be interested in kind of the versatile wings forwards. Yeah. I think kind of because you never know. They it might pan out in terms of them getting a call up or you know, maybe a look from the Bucks. Who knows? But it's those are the types of players I think always kind of stand out because they kind of, it leads to a greater chance of them maybe, you know, getting down that call up or call up route or I, whatever the case may be. I could see this team having like three call ups legitimately. And I don't think it's that much of a stretch. I mean, a lot of these guys who are just loose, like available players have NBA reps already. I mean, yep. Tucker, Jones, Wenyan Gabriel, as we've talked about. Waters. Waters, LeCue a little bit, I believe. I think yep. you have to play a little bit with the Pacers and Celtics. So, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't shock me. And it's that's like the bittersweet part of the G League. Of course, you're always happy when a guy gets called up, but you don't get to watch him on the herd anymore. But, yeah. you know, that's the thing. And and that's why you need to build a deep team because if you're good, you're going to lose players unless they're your two ways. And um, But, no, it's, it's a fun first game. I'm glad we both got to watch it and, and recap it. And I'm excited to take in some more games this year, Jordan. But any any last notes on the herd's fun first game? We need to no, basketball. I've- I, I was gonna say I think that's it's just nice to have back. <laughs> I don't know. I it, with the seasons changing, daylight savings ending, right? Yeah, ending. Um, it just it. You kind, I don't know that you kind of like have like the sense memory of like oh yeah like this is what I used to do all the time and now it's like when you don't have that and you kind of you know you just don't have that feeling and then I had that feeling it was nice it was it was it was nice to do this podcast with you Jordan I think yes as kind of the unofficial G League guys of GSPA (laughs) probably do some more of these shows um so definitely continue tuning in if you're not already subscribed on your podcast platform of choice YouTube and Substack go subscribe to all three of those right now we're having an exclusive bundle deal it's completely free like it is all the time. There's one charge. Leave a five-star rating and review <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. And we appreciate that. You can get one right on the pod. Speaking of, I'm not prepared, Jordan. We have more. Oh. I need to read one quick. I know we said this. We'll do a 15-minute episode with 38 <laughs> minutes, which is just how it goes. But we got to get to a review. Okay, here we go. Jacob R. Holly says, yay. Holla, gentlemen. It's five-star review, by the way. It's got to be five. Holla, gentlemen. Oh, this is a this is a this is an interesting one. Uh thee doth a most wondrous job and madeth to championship journey, feeleth liketh, I was backeth home. Thee madeth most wondrous additions in the fellow from winneth in six, and I behold forward to thy hath continued growth. Cheers. Was this Lindell Wigginton? <laughs> 
think Sir Lindell Wiggington of the <laughs> yeah, Wiggington family. The 15th. Yeah, I don't. Uh, that was uh, Corridor. Um, <laughs> thank you for the review. You can leave your review as old timey as you want, as long as it's politically we correct. We might have to. We might have to change the podcast to Winneth and Six. <laughs> I, I haven't six. <laughs> ever heard it that said that way. <laughs> That's how they said it in Shakespeare times. Um, <laughs> but uh, find all of our content uh, at bit.ly slash find GSPN. Or honestly, just search Eurostep, G-Y-R-O-Step, Podcast Network, wherever, wherever YouTube, Substack. I don't know if you can search on Substack, but podcast players, you'll find us also on Twitter at Ty Windish at Jordan Tresky, at Eurostep Podcast, at winning six, the numeral pod? I think so. I always forget it. <laughs> Places on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Uh, winning six podcast. Winning numeral six go. podcast. Sorry about that. But thank you all for listening and or watching. And go Herd. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.